Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name's Ray Heron. Great to have you along. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you very much for taking the time to check out this offering. Kiwi Rider Podcast is in partnership with Kiwi Rider Magazine. So if there's something you've heard and you want to see the photos, you can check it out at kiwirider.co.nz and our affiliates, motonz.com and onthrottle.co.nz. Coming up in this episode, we're going to be catching up with a real Kiwi Rider. We've got five things that I've got on my motorbike that I could not live without and I really think you should give them a try but before we carry on we've got to do the news Off Limits Trust is gone but not forgotten the Off Limits Trust are the people behind epic trail rides four wheel drive adventures and guided trail rides around the Waiuru Army training grounds and they're officially closing down Following the terror attacks in Christchurch in March 2019, Off Limits cancelled their Tussock Buster Trail Ride uh, event due to access of the Army training grounds being tightened up. They were forced to cancel the event again in 2020 with the global pandemic kicking off. And without the income from these massive events, the board have decided and been forced to put the trust into hibernation. Now, three years later, after not being able to run any events and raise the much-needed income for the people that they support, and nothing being able to be organised for the foreseeable future, they've made the tough call to wrap up the trust. In a release they put out over the weekend, they said, it is with great sadness that we must say farewell to all those who have been loyal supporters of the Off Limits Trust over the years. We are yet another casualty of COVID-19. We cannot sustain the costs of staying in limbo and not being able to raise funds via the sorts of events we have historically undertaken. The Trust has sat dormant for the last few years as a result of COVID-19, plus prior to that, the Christchurch mosque attacks and the closure of the Waiuru Army training grounds due to increased security levels. It is highly unlikely the Trust can gain access to the Waiuru grounds in the next few years as the utilisation of the training area by the NZ Army will result in no zones being available for non-military activities. We thank our wonderful team of helpers and all of those who have attended the events that we have run in Waiuru. Your support has been greatly appreciated and without it we would not have been able to raise the money we have over the last few years to assist members of the New Zealand Defence Force. We wish you all the best for, fu- for the future. Keep enjoying our wonderful outdoors and do what you can to rebuild New Zealand in these trying times. Kia kaha, the Off Limits Trust team. This is, this is not only a blow to the people they supported, but to trail riders all over the North Island. Tussock Buster was a staple on the calendar of many as the land it was run on is under lock and key 24-7 by the NZ Army, and seldom seen by civilians. The other big trail riding events in the area, Desert Storm, hasn't been run since 2017, so this leaves the North Island dirt riders with with few options in the way of big weekend events. Thank you Off Limits for the work you've done, the time you've put in, the effort that goes into running these events, and we hope in the future there may be some way to bring back an event like Tussock Buster.
Unmarked police motorcycles to be trialled in Canterbury. It's been around a year since New Zealand police traded in the heavy 1200cc tanks for the light and nimble Yamaha MT-09. Uh, it's an MT-09-based TRAP model, not available to the public with a few modifications. Uh, and they seem to be quite popular amongst police motorcyclists. Now in Canterbury, they're trialling an unmarked police-spec MT-09. The motorcycle is fully operational with lights, radio, siren, but without the livery. There's no stickers, there's no police logo up the side of it. There is also a fit-for-purpose protective uniform for the rider, which includes high-vis vest. The trial is focusing on tri- on driver and rider behaviour that they know causes the most harm on the road. Unrestrained drivers, i.e. no seatbelt, riders not wearing helmets, distracted drivers, impaired drivers and people speeding. And it's also focusing on red light runners. It has a strong engagement component uh, with the emphasis being on changing rider behaviour before the crash occurs. The Director of National Road Policing Centre Superintendent Steve Gearley says that the initiative will assist in changing unsafe behaviours, especially in relation to restraints and cell phone use. He goes on to say that the fact that these motorcycles will not be immediately obvious as police vehicles is expected to have a positive impact in death and serious injuries as it has in uh, overseas jurisdictions. Senior Constable Middleton says the reaction from the public has been positive so far. The trial is running from March through to the end of May, uh, initially in Canterbury before moving up to Auckland, Tamaki Makoto and uh, in Wellington as well. Check out a photo of this police spec MT-09 TRAP in blue uh, with lights and siren attached up at MotoNZ.com. Royal Enfield confirms new Scram 411 Scrambler for New Zealand. After countless custom Himalayan scramblers since the platform debuted, Royal Enfield is finally giving us a factory scrambler in the form of the Scram 411. Royal Enfield Australia and New Zealand have confirmed the Scram 411 will be offered on our shores, with the first examples expected in the middle of the year and yet to confirm a price. With the Himalayan valued at $8,390 plus on roads, the Scram will come in somewhere around this price point. While we perhaps were hoping for a scrambler-based 650cc twin platform, as the name suggests, Royal Enfield has based the Scram 411 on the 411cc Himalayan with a few key differences. Starting at the ground level, Royal Enfield has switched out the Himalayan's 21-inch front wheel for a more street-friendly 19-inch unit matched to a 17-inch rear rim. In keeping with the multifaceted personality of the bike, The spoked rims are wrapped in dual-purpose rubber. Since the Urban Rider is the primary target for the Scram 411, Royal Enfield has changed up the seating with a one-piece seat, which sits slightly lower than the Himalayan 795mm, while weight has dropped 6kgs. This comes by way of removing the nav tower slash windscreen, as well as dropping the luggage rack and crash bars from the Himalayan base. Royal Enfield isn't kidding buyers with preferences of dirt domination. The Scram loses 20mm of ground clearance and 10mm of travel in the forks compared to its Himalayan counterpart. Accessible motorcycles are fast becoming the most popular mode of commuting in the APAC region uh, owing to the ease of riding in traffic and efficiency, says Royal Enfield's Head of Business for Asia Pacific. 
riders across Asia-Pacific region are profoundly adopting motorcycles for daily riding as well as their adventure needs, and we feel the proposition of the Scram 411 will find a sweet spot in the mid-sized segment. The globally lauded versatility and competence of the Himalayan inspired us to reimagine the motorcycle in a more young, modern-day urban context. The Scram 411 will be the perfect crossover for young city dwellers who prefer a motorcycle that is fun and engaging around the city, yet has a rugged appeal for riders across the Asia-Pacific markets. More photos and details of the Scram 411 offering from Royal Enfield can be found at onthrottle.co.nz. Real. 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 Kiwi. Riders. Real. 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 Kiwi Riders. Real Kiwi Riders. Continuing our series of talking to real Kiwi Riders, we've got Alistair on the line all the way from Geraldine. G'day Alistair, how you doing? Yeah, good thanks. How you getting on, Raymond? Yeah, good, good. Now, I put something up on social media asking for people to chat to on the podcast, and you put your hand up. You've kindly donated a bit of time to tell me about your riding history and what you're riding and all that sort of jazz. So let's dive on into it. What are you riding, and how long have you been riding? <laughs> um, how long have I been riding? About 30 years. I'm uh, 37 at the moment, and uh, I ride a DR650 primarily. Uh, just the ultimate bike in my opinion kind of preach on about them a bit much um, apart from that I usually ride a KX 450 and trail rods and TTs and stuff like that right so you're uh, you're erring on the side of dirt there I can tell and you, being in Geraldine you're right in the mecca of the South Island's adventure riding and trail riding kind of area right? Yeah absolutely so most weekends it's a kind of you've got to flip the coin whether you're going to head north to Molesworth area or south down to uh, you know central Otago or Wanaka, Queenstown. Man, being that close to the Molesworth, how many times have you been through? Do you just go through on an idle Saturday afternoon? Uh, it's still a few hours away, um, but no, I haven't been through a heck of a lot. I mainly go down south, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm big into kind of motorcycle camping and uh, and stealth camping and the like, and uh, yeah, it's good. Just weekend activities uh, I usually just stick to the gravel if I'm by myself and might get a bit more adventurous go up riverbeds and stuff with mates now you say stealth camping talk me through that that's an, an interesting idea what's the what's the concept uh, it's a bit of a yarn like basically uh, just uh, recently went on a mission with a friend who wasn't vaccinated and uh, couldn't stay at any dock huts so had to uh, find some space in the bush to pitch our tents and uh yeah, it's just an interesting exercise and and uh, survival. Um, tell me about tell me about um, you know where, where you live. I mean, where do you um, what what are your what are your favourite camping spots? Where would you go if you're off for a ride tomorrow? Um, good question. Uh, probably want to <laughs> re-ask that question. Uh, yeah, probably want to cut that. But uh, a lot of them are kind of okay. not not really legal, basically. <laughs> Okay, right. <laughs> we'll we'll gloss over that then. Um, okay, your DR six hundred and fifty. How long have you had that? Uh, coming uh, just over a year, a year and a half. I've uh, I've got two of them. So I've got uh, one for a make to rod, and uh, it's just got all the standard mods. You know, um, a Chevy's plastic bash plate, um, seat concept seat, twenty five liter tank, and it has a range of almost five hundred kilometres. 
Wow, you get a fair way on that. Yeah, yeah, and it's just basic bike riding, you know. The the bike itself is nothing uh, nothing cutting edge, but it, it really uh, really brings it all back to why we like riding bikes, you know. It's just a, a basic machine that handles basically and and makes uh, makes some trails a bit more challenging than they would be on a on a flasher bike. Have you done any riding overseas, or has it all been here in New Zealand? No, nah, it's all been here in New Zealand. But my goal is to ride to Australia and in the future on a DR650 so uh, it's good to get a bit of practice you know and it's my good that you got two of them as well because uh, you can't buy them on the roads anymore yeah yeah so a uh, bit of a shout out to Liam at AFC for uh, the doubt and it's just a cool toy but everything in life you've got to have two of really if you're using them all the time you know the amount of times I steal wheels and different things off it um, it's just handy to have you know Okay, do do you do all your own maintenance and everything as well, or? Yeah, basically, uh, majority of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, except, yeah, don't don't get into four stroke engines too much. But uh, with the DA, you don't need to do anything anyway. You know, <laughs> it's like the cockroaches of the uh, motorcycle world, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Compared to my KX, it's uh, night and day. You know, uh, KX do an air filter after every ride. The DA, you do it after five thousand k's or probably around 100 hours of riding. You got anything on the horizon for the rest of the year? Any big rides planned? Yeah, we've got the Dusty Buck coming up and not this coming weekend, the following weekend. And uh, that should be good for boys coming down from Palmerston North. Uh, I think six riders coming down, uh, mainly DR mounted. So uh, quite the crew. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, Alistair, thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat. Wish you uh, plenty more happy kilometres on your on your KX and your DR, and uh, we look forward to catching up with some stories in the future. Yeah, no worries. Cheers for the call, Raymond, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Five must-have accessories for your Tenere 700, or any other motorcycle, really. I often see people on the internet asking different questions about different accessories and gear, what luggage are the people using, what phone mount are they using, and how often do I need to lube my chain? Well, here are my top five accessories to put on your bike to make life easier, and this is stuff that I personally can't live without. Luggage. It doesn't seem to matter if you're a commuter or a weekend warrior. Sooner or later, you're going to have to carry something more than just you. Here are my top picks for luggage. Now the trick with luggage is you need to be able to put it on and take it off easily. Even better if it's modular, meaning you only have to take what you need. There's no point carrying 100 litres of luggage space if you're only using 20 of it. So, to that end, I have a couple of luggage solutions depending on what you're doing with your bike. If I'm commuting, I prefer to carry a tail bag, such as the Ventura Evo Rack System. It's super easy to install, it's pretty solid, And they make a rack for almost any bike under the sun. The Ventura Evo system is pretty good for touring when I'm not planning to get off-road or do anything on rough terrain. The Evo system has three main parts. The L-brackets, which bolt to your bike and are unique to the model of bike. The Evo carrier, which is generic to all bikes. And the pack, which goes on the Evo carrier or rack. There are three sizes of pack, and I like how easy they are to get on and off. There's a 60 litre, there's a 22 litre, and there's a 12 litre Jetstream, Evo Jetstream pack. One downside to the Ventura system is these packs are not waterproof, so it's best to look at waterproof bag liners. If you're going to be getting wet, put all your items in a waterproof bag, then chuck them in the Ventura pack, 
and uh, you'll be away laughing. If you do try and waterproof the whole Ventura pack, then you're going to run into issues and eventually you'll end up with water inside your luggage and wet undies or whatever you happen to be carrying. If I'm going for an overnight trip or doing some tougher stuff, I like to spread the weight out across the bike a little bit more. It's always a good idea to keep it low. Uh, With this uh, care in mind, I like the Krieger system. I've used uh, a couple of OS12 packs, which are a roll-top waterproof pack, and I also have a US20. The best part of the Krieger system is that there are hooks and loops everywhere. It's all modular, so you can add or subtract packs as you need them. I uh, usually attach my OS12s to the OS base, which kind of sets them up as a pannier system. And then I'll put the US20 either on the seat or on top of the OS base. Then you strap the whole thing down to the pillion seat and you're away laughing. The OS12s can even attach to the US20, which is very, very handy. So there are, there are definitely uh, options to suit whatever type of riding and whatever I need to carry. I also have a Krieger T18 backpack, which is incredibly handy. Uh, it has a locking mechanism between the shoulder straps, so it takes the weight off your shoulders and moves it to your chest. And I can wear that all day, no matter what I've got in it, from a 20-minute ride right through to an all-day ride. In at number four, the quadlock phone mount. Whether it's for navigation, tracking, or just so you can see your phone, I like to mount my phone on the bars in front of me. Uh, the best system I've used to date is the quadlock. It's a mount that clamps to the bars. It can go on the accessory bar, the mirror stem, or right in the middle of the handlebars, pretty much anywhere you want to put it. And then you put your phone in a quad lock case, which has a socket on the back of it, which locks to the quad lock mount itself. There's also a vibration dampener available, which stops your expensive smartphone's delicate camera sensors being killed by the high frequency vibrations of your motorbike. My phone's done about 40 to 60,000 Ks of gravel and tar seal, and I've never had a problem. It's never come off, and it's nice and solid. And at number three, the Outback Motortech Crash Bars and Skid Plate. Now, you can use pretty much any protection on your bike, but this one just makes sense to me. If you're taking the best part of $18,000 with a motorcycle to rough terrain, you're best going to want to protect it. The crash bars have saved my bike from about five drops, mostly low-speed tip-overs, and the skid plate is an absolute must-have. Each successful fend is heralded by a loud gong to say, yep, I got that one, and the bars took me about 40 minutes to install. Although they do add some weight to the bike, I would rather have them and save the fairings than look for the weight savings. In at number two is my Scott Euler Automatic Chain Lubrication System. I've been running a Scott Euler X-System 2.0 since I got the Tenere 700, and uh, that's about 14 months now. It saved me so much time in chain maintenance. It's also very easy to install. It took me about 20 minutes to get it all plumbed in. And once you work out your desired flow rate, the X-System 2.0 has 15 flow rates from um, one every couple of seconds to one every 90 odd seconds. All you have to do is check your oil level in the reservoir every few weeks and top it up if it's low. The Scott Oiler senses when the bike is running and dispenses oil to the rear sprocket and works to remove grime, lubricate the chain. Scott Oiler says the system could as much as double the lifespan of your chain and sprockets So far I've done about 30,000 kilometres and it's working incredibly well. No extra cleaning or lubrication of the chain is required. And number one, I'm so often stuck doing long stretches of highway and I get so bored. So I've got a Cardo Pack Talk Bold installed on my helmet. It allows me to listen to music, 
talk with writing buddies, hear turn-by-turn navigation, not to mention voice commands with the virtual assistant, uh, and control my smartphone via voice. I would not be without my Cardo. Uh, There are two JBL speakers inside the padding of the helmet and a small microphone on the helmet's chin bar, and it's all pretty well integrated and hidden. I've had conversations with people on the phone while riding it up to 100 kilometers per hour. They don't even know I'm on the bike. Uh, So thanks very much, Cardo. Uh, It's got a very sophisticated noise-canceling technology system inside it, and uh, it's it's a great piece of kit, well worth every cent. So there you have it, my top five items for road trips, commuting, whatever you might be doing on your bike. I simply couldn't live without them. All of these are available from your local motorcycle parts retailer. And if they can't get them in for you, a simple Google will have you sorted. If you uh, have any questions about any of this gear or anything else you might want to know about, please don't hesitate to get in touch and we'll put you on the right track. Email address is podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. Photos and more information on all of these five items up at motonz.com. And that about wraps up the show. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, ring the bell, we'll, we'll do, do whatever. We'll make sure you get the notifications. Uh, Kiwi Rider will stay free and on demand right here on whatever platform you're listening to us on now. If you're on Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to jump on and uh, leave a comment, give us some feedback. Let us know if you like this podcast or you don't, what you think we could do better. Love to hear from you. You can email me as well, Kiwi Rider, uh, podcast at kiwirider.co.au. Don't forget to check out the websites kiwirider.co.nz for all the offerings uh, free and on demand and the uh, the magazine as well and all the photos and extra information you need uh, on anything we've talked about here is up at motonz.com and on throttle.co.nz Otherwise, keep the rubber side down and throttle on. I've been Ray, this is Kiwi Rider Podcast and we'll be back in seven days time. <laughs>